right across this room. Everyone just hands to heaven. Father, we just are so grateful for the day we've had in your house. Once again, Lord God, we come completely surrendered at your feet tonight. Not a single one of us have come here to hear the words of man. Lord God, not a single one of us have come to witness the performance. We've come to encounter you, Jesus. And on that regard, we pray for an open heaven. We intercede right now, Father God, that every man, woman, and child within this facility, Lord God, will have a deep, personal, life-altering encounter with you. Honor every hand that's lifted right now in Jesus' name. I pray, Father God, that every hungry heart tonight will be filled. Let us have ears to hear, eyes to see, spirits that are alive and awakened in you. I pray, Lord God, that this coming decade will see an emergence of spirit-filled, miracle-working disciples of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, even right now, Lord God. In this moment in time, we are not here by accident, but we're here by design. From the youngest to the oldest, Holy Spirit, have your way, we pray. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, give Jesus another big shout of praise. Come on, every person here, it's all about Him. Stay standing. I want to read Scripture tonight. Is that okay? Let's honor the Word of God by standing. Is that okay? We're going to be sitting a long time, so let's, let's stand. And, and uh, we're going to read Matthew chapter 25. Jesus is telling a parable, and it says here, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise. Say wise. And five were foolish. Say foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil. Say no oil. With them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. Then midnight a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. Then all those virgins arose, trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. Say, buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Wow, that's some finality there. I want to take you to an Old Testament passage of Scripture now. 1 Samuel 15, verse 35. I'm going to play these two passages off against each other. And it says, And Samuel went no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Saul mourned, Samuel mourned for Saul, and the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. Isn't that scary that God has regrets? Wow. Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil. Say, fill your horn with oil. And go, I'm sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I provided myself a king among his sons. Can we give God a big shout of praise for the incredible two passages of Scripture? High five someone, grab your seat. Hello to everyone. My name is Ken, and uh, I'm from Nations Church. I bring you greetings from my beautiful wife, Chrissy, and my two boys, Jensen and Isaiah. It's been so much fun being with Emerge Church this Sunday. Um, and this is the Warner Campus. Do we have people from Morayfield? And, and hello, wow, awesome. Redcliffe, are you represented here? So good, so good. Well, hopefully, hey. Uh, what about Warner? Warner, you here? How many of you are seeing me for the first time? This is the first time that you're actually laying eyes on me. Fantastic. Well, like I said before, my name's Ken, and I come from WA, and it's such a great privilege to be here. I feel like I'm at home here, Pastor Mark and Nina. Can I stay? Can I stay? <laughs> Come and hang out at your house, sleep in your guest room. I think your daughters would have something to say about that. 
Tonight, I want to speak to you on the thought, the lamp, the horn, and the oil. The lamp, the horn, and the oil. Both of these accounts here in Matthew chapter 25 as well as 1 Samuel chapter 15, the main essence of these two texts, the, the main essential component in these two texts is something called the oil. Whenever the Bible speaks of oil, it is always representative of the power, the presence, the manifest reality of the Holy Spirit. The oil in the Bible has always represented the anointing. The oil has always represented the felt reality of God because God, in essence, is breath being pneuma. How many of you know that, that like wind and breath, you can't see it, but you can feel its effects? The Bible speaks from Genesis to Revelation about this incredible third part of the Godhead called the Holy Spirit. And I think that just because we often can't understand Him or we can't pin Him down or we can't really see Him, He's often left out of our conversation when it comes to our theological understanding of who God is. But I get a sense, and I'm going to prophetically declare, that Emerged Church will see a reawakening of the value, of the power, of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Not just in your church services, but in the manifest lives of everyone that calls Emerge Church your home, my prayer and I declare and proclaim over this house that even from the youngest to the oldest, they will prophesy, come on. They will see visions, dream dreams. There will be gifts of the Holy Spirit that will begin to flow and there will be no lid on it placed by leadership because our value is that God is Father, He's Son, but it's also the Holy Spirit. And tonight I want to speak to you out of this prophetic parable, if you like, that Jesus speaks about in the book of Matthew chapter 25. And obviously there's eschatological views on this, which speaks about the time when Jesus will come again. But there is also real-time application for us. This account of Matthew chapter 25, we see these virgins, these bridesmaids preparing for a groom, but it speaks of anticipation and expectation. Here's the thing, that whenever you see the Holy Spirit in Scripture, it is always going to be accompanied by our part of anticipation and expectation. Turn to someone and say anticipation. Turn to someone and say expectation. See, the Holy Spirit, the thing about the Holy Spirit is that even though He's very present and He's very powerful, He'll never force Himself on you. The invitation, whenever we hear about oil, whenever we see the Holy Spirit, the invitation to us always is to lean in with an attitude of expectation and anticipation. But here in Matthew chapter 25, we see that these 10 virgins, these 10 bridesmaids, were in a season of anticipating and expecting the groom to come, but they were disrupted by a delay. Now, if there's anything that I've learned in the last two years of the pandemic, that the pandemic has disrupted and delayed a lot of our plans for the church, our plans for our lives. And how many of you know during seasons of disruption and inactivity and delay, it's easy for the church to sleep? Come on. These bridesmaids that had initially the expectation and anticipation for the Holy Spirit, the, the, for the return of the groom and for the encounter, were now found to have fallen asleep because of disruption and delay. I'm wondering whether this is also a prophetic picture in Matthew chapter 25 for right now for the church to reawaken because the bridegroom is coming again. There is an encounter that's coming again for us. And here is this, this conversation that is happening, that Jesus is having, and it's metaphorical, but it's got a real-time conversation where he delineates between five wise and five foolish virgins. Five wise, five foolish virgins, all ten had lamps, 
what made five wise and five foolish? The difference was that five had oil and five didn't. The difference was that five had oil, but five didn't. I wonder today if the Lord is actually looking at churches and he's seeing some churches that have oil and other churches that don't. I'm wondering if he's casting his eyes to and fro in, in these last days after the era of the Holy Spirit has truly come through Pentecost, that he's looking for believers and he's saying some believers have the Holy Spirit, but some ha have not. Do, are you in this place tonight where you, there is a sense that maybe you want to step out of being in a place where there is no oil to a place where you are, you are an oily Christian? Come on. And this is what I've noticed in Matthew chapter 25, the crux of what I've learned in studying Matthew chapter 25 is simply this, and it's a prophetic declaration to every believer, is simply this. We need to get more oil, not a better land. Because I think for too long as believers, we've been focused on the lamp. See, when you're focused on the lamp instead of the oil, all you've got going for you at best to shine is to work really hard to polish your lamp. Come on now. Hello. And so we work really hard to make sure that our lamps are real shiny. Oh, we got a guest speaker this weekend, Pastor. We need to tidy the place up. We need to get our song list right. We need to get the, come on, we need to get the mix right. The LED screen needs to be nice and bright. Come on. Are we working on those graphics? We're polishing these lamps. I want to say this to you today. Our nation doesn't have a lamp crisis. It's got an oil crisis. See, when we become focused on the lamps, we can work hard to polish our lamps all we want. But I tell you what, Jesus ain't coming back for lamps. He's coming back for oil. Oh, man, I'm preaching to, I'm preaching to this side. Come on. Jesus ain't coming back for lamps. He's coming back for oil. Hello. What I've learned about Matthew chapter 25 is that it's a cautionary word for us as believers. Because I think sometimes we can become too fixated on the lamp. And you know what, what I've, what I've learned about Church Online, Pastor, is that we can dial in to check in on other people's lamps. At the click of a YouTube button, we're checking in on the lamp of that church in America, and that lamp of that, that church in the UK, and that lamp of that church in Perth, that lamp of that church in Sydney. Man dials in to check in on the lamps. God tunes in to check in on the oil. I don't know about you. But for me, thank God Jesus spoke this parable in Matthew chapter 25 as a recalibration for us. That these are the days where he's looking for churches that are oily, that are focused on the oil and not the lamp. I'm so glad for your team that has given me this home brand vegetable oil. Let's pretend that it's the finest of olive oil. Harvested from the hills of Israel. Let's pretend that, okay? That it's not a $2.95, 750 mil vegetable oil that I put in my stir fry, in my wok. Let's pretend that it's just the finest of oils here at Emerge Church. Here's the thing about Matthew chapter 25, right? The way Jesus tells it, he actually tells it to remind us that oil was actually readily available for everyone, but only five were prepared to go after it. What delineated the five wise from the five foolish was that the five were prepared to pursue and get oil. See, oil is readily available for everyone, but everyone's responsible for getting their own. 
Do you know that I can't get oil for you? Because I'm responsible for my own. I remember in 2020, and the whole world was pretty much in the midst of a pandemic, and it, thousands of pastors and leaders were sent into a tailspin. Remember the, the, the early March 2020? We didn't know what we were doing, right? I said to my team, oh, give it a couple of months, it'll blow over. It's only a bit of a virus. It was in that time I spent more time at home than I ever did, but I was more exhausted. I was mentally more. I, I got to the end of 2020, the start of 2021, and I was cooked mentally. I spent so much time in Zoom meetings devising how we could produce better online church services, how we could, you know, get our audio mixed right for online camera angles. We worked, we bought new cameras, that, how we could have better engaging graphics, better content. As the months rolled on, I discovered that I had become just completely cooked in my mind. I was exhausted mentally and I hadn't gone, hadn't gone anywhere. I just stayed at home. You'd think that staying at home would be restful, but I, I was mentally exhausted. I remember the Holy Spirit being so loud, reverberating in my spirit saying, Ken, Stop polishing the lamp, get more oil. Stop being obsessed with polishing the lamp, but get more oil. And I remember uh, when, when things reopened again in 2021, we had our own church conference in the month of July. And, and by the time I got to July, I was completely, I was exhausted mentally. But things have started to reopen again. And it was in my own conference that I, I remember opening night, in my own conference, I was weeping like a baby on the front row. God was undoing me because he was, he was, it was like he was deconstructing my lamp. He was literally deconstructing my obsession with lamps and making me an oil person again. Because this is who God has created you and I to be. He didn't create you and I to be empty, shiny lamps with great Instagram pages, with blue ticks, with thousands of followers. Come on. God couldn't give a rip about your lamp, but he's coming back for your oil. You can't have someone else's oil. No matter how you try, you can't have someone else's I can't have what's on Pastor Mark's life. He's an anointed man, but I can't have what's on his life. I can't have what's on Pastor Joe's life because what's on his life is for him alone. I've got to go after my own. I've got to steward the anointing, the Holy Spirit, the, his work in my life, the pneumatology that I understand. I've got to steward for myself. And this is really what Jesus is teaching in Matthew chapter 25. And I think he's reawakening the church again to own not just a corporate anointing or a corporate experience of the Holy Spirit, but to own a deeply personal one. I want to say this to you today. Be an oily person, emerge church. I can't delegate Getting, I don't know how many times, Pastor, I've seen, I've heard men say, oh, my wife does enough praying for me. My wife, she prays enough for both of us. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, my wife, she does. She can go to the prayer meeting. She, she, she prays enough for both of us. You can't delegate oil. You can't count on the fact that your daddy and your daddy's daddy before him was a preacher. Come on. You got to get your own oil. And here's the thing, right? The five foolish, when it was time for the bridegroom to come. They discovered they didn't have enough oil. And they went and frantically knocked and said to the wise, can, 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 you, can, you please, can you please share some of your oil? Can you please give us some of your oil? To which the five wise said, no, we can't. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. What was Jesus saying? That oil is gonna cost you personally. 
you've got to pay the price. It's not about profiting, about, it's not, not about any of that. It's about you willing to lay down a price for your time, for your priorities, for the margins in your world, to allow room for this highly forgotten part of the Godhead called the Holy Spirit. I want to apologize to the next generation if we've ever been Trinitarian by confession, but Trinitarian by practice. Let us come back to becoming an oily church. I don't know about you, but the sense that I got in prayer this afternoon for this church is that he's going to reawaken the oil. Pastor, you're going to see an anointing in your campuses like you've never seen before. If you stop focusing on a lamp but start going after the oil, you're going to need fully functioning lamps. Don't get me wrong. You're going to need fully functioning kids ministries and youth ministries and buildings that hold up music and production. Absolutely. But that is not what's going to cause you to burn. That is... See, the thing about the lamp is that if you have no oil, then all you've got going for you is just a whole lot of frantic polishing. See, when there's no oil, at most, all you can hope for is that external factors are bright so this can be shiny and reflected. But when you've got your own oil, your communities can be dark as, and you'll burn long, and you'll burn bright. Come on, are you out there? See, we teach the next generation to have shiny lamps on Instagram. They'll look so good, right? Right? But they're going to have to depend on all of the circumstances looking good on the outside for them to feel good about themselves. But I tell you what, I want to raise a whole generation of young people that may have lamps looking a little bit worse for wear, but man, they got oil. So they go back to families. They don't know Jesus, and they're burning bright in their homes. Come on, are you out there? They're going to schools and universities, and they're going to their streets and communities, and they're burning long, and they're burning bright. Oh, let us be an oily church. Amen, church. I'm preaching good tonight. Come on, somebody say amen. And here's the thing. Oil, oil isn't just essential for burning bright. It's also essential for burning long. Do you know why Christians burn out? <laughs> it's because they're polishing empty lamps. And not getting oil. If there's anything that I have noticed from incredible men of God, you've got a living legend here, Pastor Fred, and many fathers of the faith. How do they go the distance? I bet you Pastor Fred doesn't have thousands of Instagram followers. I bet you Pastor Fred is not a social media influencer. He's belly on YouTube, did you say? <laughs> but I bet you he's got oil. Yeah. I bet you he's got oil. Let me rattle off some names to you. Let me rattle off some names to you. Smith Wigglesworth. John Wesley. Charles Finney. Evan Roberts. William Booth. Dwight Moody. Some of the young people are going, who are these guys? Hudson Taylor, John G. Lake, Charles Spurgeon, Catherine Kuhlman, Evan Roberts, C.L. Greenwood, Steve Hill, Amy Semple McPherson. None of these guys had the latest technology. None of these guys were social media influencers. None of these guys had great following. None of these guys had websites. None of these guys had booking forms. None of these guys stayed in green rooms. None of these guys had hampers in their hotel rooms. What they had was oil. What they had was oil. 
And maybe, just maybe, Hebrews 11.38, you know, when the writer of Hebrews describes these people that the world was not worthy of them, maybe he, the writer of Hebrews was actually talking about oily people. Maybe the writer of Hebrews was, I want to submit to you today that the modern Australian church doesn't have a lamp crisis. We've got an oil crisis. And I want to be part of a church that stops squabbling about how best to polish lamps and write books about lamp polishing techniques. But we go back again to raising a whole generation that understands what it's like to not just be Trinitarian by confession, but Trinitarian by practice. Mm. The groom is not coming back to check on how cool your lamp is. He's coming back to check on your oil levels. I don't know what your your eschatology is. I don't know what your belief of the end of times is. But I can promise you that the Holy Spirit is going to be a critical part that is going to be played in these last days. I need a resounding amen. Come on. Can I go a little deeper with you? Here's the thing. The way Jesus tells Matthew chapter 25, he says this in Matthew chapter 25, verse 4. The other five, talking about the wise virgins, the the wise brides, but the other five were wise, not just because they had oil, but they had extra oil. Mm, I need to preach into this for a moment. As I began to wrestle with God about the prophetic nature of this account in Matthew chapter 25, and why does wisdom equate to taking extra oil, I generally believe that in the 21st century, what is lying ahead in the era that's coming now? The church is going to, the, 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 the ship of the ecclesia of the church is going to be sailing into some of its most uncertain waters that it's ever seen in the history of mankind. And the wise among us are going to realize that it's not great strategic moves that will ensure that the revival happens. It's going to be the church coming back to some fundamentals to understand that God We can't do this without your sovereignty. Jesus, we can't do this without your grace. And Holy Spirit, we definitely can't do this without your power. And so the wise took extra oil. And here's the thing. I believe that even personally for so many people, you are about to enter into seasons and transition into eras in your life. There's no accident that you're here listening to this message tonight, but you are about to step into spaces in your life where you don't just need a small base level of oil to get by, but you're actually going to need to take some extra oil. And my encouragement to you tonight is that if ever this church calls for a prayer, meaning you come with hearts that are open and hungry, if ever there are are opportunities for you to respond to altar ministry, to respond to an encounter. See, here's the thing about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not to be understood. He's to be encountered. I can never, I can't, I'm doing a poor job in explaining the Holy Spirit to you, but what I can do tonight is lead you simply to receive the oil. Come on, I need some emerged church people tonight that are willing to be some oily men, oily women again. Your families need you to be oily in your house. Oh man, if only some people knew how y'all talk to each other in your house. Get some oil. How many of you know oil makes hard things easy? Oil makes rough things smooth. Come on, oil turns things that are rusted and crusted and hard, and they make it shalom. Can I change tack for a moment? I played off Matthew chapter 25, where Jesus talked about the lamp and the oil, and I played off with 1 Samuel chapter 15. The oil is not unique to just the New Testament, because God, throughout all of biblical history was already promising the coming of the Holy Spirit. And so throughout the Old Testament, there was these pictures of the oil. We see them, but they were only used by specific people, prophets and the like. 
in the New Testament, we are now in the age of the Holy Spirit. I'm st- I so thank God for that, that we all have access to it. Amen? Amen? But in 1 Samuel chapter 15, the Bible speaks about a man by the name of Samuel. He was a prophet. And we started the conversation and we, we see that the prophet Samuel, back in those days, in biblical times, in Old Testament times, prophets were tasked with speaking into and guiding with the wisdom of God certain kings. So Samuel's job was to give wisdom to a a man, a king by the name of King Saul. Saul was the people's choice. He was tall. He was good looking. Everyone wanted him to be king. They voted him in. Hello. They had an election. They voted him in, right? So he was a popular choice. He was the people's choice. Over time, even though Saul started as a good king, over time, his heart began to veer. He he began to be um, disobedient. And God removed his anointing off Saul's life and began to choose or began a season where he had to transition Saul out and another king in. It was in that season of transition that the prophet Samuel felt a little useless. You can imagine him being in a season of a pandemic, if you like. He was an itinerant prophet, didn't have anywhere to go. He might have, you know, he might have mentored a few prophets on Zoom every now and then, but it was nothing much for him to do. You know what I'm talking about? Well, this was Samuel, and he was feeling in the sense of trans- season of transition a little bit despondent. What do I do with this anointing? I've got this anointing, but I don't know what to do with it. So I'm going to shelve my horn. I'm going to put it on the shelf because I don't need it anymore. And you can almost sense the disappointment in Samuel because this king that he was an advisor to was now on the way out. So what does a prophet, what use is a prophet when he no longer has a purpose? This was where he was at. And it was in this place that the Lord began to speak to Samuel. God said, I'm ready now to choose another king, Samuel. And he says these words that have reverberated inside of me since I read it a few few weeks ago. 1 Samuel 16 verse 1. The Lord says to Samuel, fill your horn with oil again and go. I am sending you. I wonder tonight if there's anybody in this room well, you've parked your anointing on the shelf. Maybe you've come from another church and you say things like, I used to be a small group leader there. I used to be an elder there. I used to be on the prayer team there. I used to lead worship. I used to serve at youth. I used to, but now I'm just here just to take a break. Maybe there's words that have come out of your mouth that, is, that, that sound transitionary. And what it is really, and I understand the sentiment that maybe you're weary, maybe, but maybe you've been polishing some lamps. You just need to go get some oil. Yeah. Whatever the case may be, you found yourself putting your horn on the shelf. And there's something on the inside of you. You're here in Warner at the 6 p.m. service, not, not by accident, but by design. You're here tonight because God actually wants to say to you, you need to pick your horn up off the shelf, fill it again, and go. I need a resounding amen. amen. See, here's the thing. The anointing was always there for Samuel. He just thought that the anointing had no expression. But if only he'd leaned in to the wisdom and the unction of God, there is always purpose in God. And if you're not dead, God's not done. Come on, turn to someone and say, if you're not dead, God's not done. Here's the thing, if you're in transition, this is my prophetic declaration to you. This is what I proclaim and declare for you. It's time to fill your horn with oil again and go. Come on. I want to speak to everyone in the room that's 40 years and over. I'm, I'm including myself well into that category. Maybe you're here and the conversation in your soul sounds a little bit like, oh, I'll just let the young fellas do it. I'll just let the young ladies do it because it's their time to shine. Rubbish. 
fill your horn with oil again and go. I'll tell you what would have happened had Samuel ignored the unction of God and left his horn on the shelf. There wouldn't have been a shepherd boy anointed to be the next king. I'm wondering tonight if there's some over 40s that are still leaving their horns on the shelf. But in fact, there's an entire new generation coming up that's waiting for spiritual mums and dads to fill their horn with oil and go, to be out in the foyer somewhere to encourage someone that's under 30 years old, say, son, I believe in the call of God in your life. Let me pray for you. Let me run alongside you. Can, can I have some mamas in the house that are willing to love the new up-and-coming daughters in the house saying, come on, young lady, there is no glass ceiling at Emerge Church for you. If you feel called by God, you come on and serve Him. Where are the prophets, the preachers, the teachers that are young ladies coming up? There is no lid for Females on this house, come on, and you're resounding, amen. Where are the fathers and the mothers of the house that are willing to take their horns up again and say, I want to fill it with oil. And though my ministry might look a little different right now, but gee, I'm still anointed. I can start, let me add it. Let me pray for somebody. Let me encourage somebody. Let me run a small group somewhere. Let me help mentor somebody. I haven't got it all together, but I tell you what, I'm still anointed. And if I'm not dead, God's not done. Here's the thing, here's the thing, what I love about the oil. The oil always comes with a promise. The oil always comes with a promise. The oil isn't just for us to be infilled and to be empowered, but the promise of the oil is that it's ever-present and it is abundant. 2 Kings chapter 4. I'm not going to read it to you, but it's an Old Testament passage where Elisha, if you think of Elisha as like a godly figure, right? Like he, he was like a, a forerunner in the Old Testament. So many of the Old Testament characters spoke or they foretold of the Christ that was to come. And here was Elisha and he visits upon a widow that was in deep financial trouble. All that she had left to her name was a little bit of oil in a jar. And she was gonna just use it up for cooking and then she was just gonna lay down and die. Oh man, if only oil was life and death for the church today. Woo. And so here is this prophet that he comes to this woman and she's desperately needing more oil, but it was running out and he happens upon her and, and, and she actually says and confides with, with, with him that, you know, if, if, if I don't get any money, uh, if I don't do something, uh, the, the, these creditors, they're going to come and take my sons away as slaves because my husband has died. And, and it, was, it was just the way that things were in that day and that age. And so she was in a desperate situation. So Elijah then says to her, I want you to go around all up and down your street, all the way up your neighborhood, as far as your legs can take you, knock on every door and ask for every empty vessel that you can find. How many of you heard that story? And so this woman goes and does exactly as Elisha had asked us to do, asked her to do. And then it says in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 6, and this is going to hit you. When it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel, full stop. So the oil ceased. I want to read that again. There is not another vessel, full stop. So the oil ceased. In other words, the son says, mom, we don't have any more empty jars, full stop. So the oil ceased. Can I suggest to you today that you will run out of jars long before God runs out of oil? The reason why we don't experience the Holy Spirit the way we should is not because God ran out of the Holy Spirit. We just ran out of expectation. 
It's not because we, he ran out of power. We just ran out of anticipation. See, we stop putting out jars sometimes because of disappointment, because of disillusionment, because of offense. Hello, that is a, that, seriously, I'm going to hold my jars back. Yeah. Getting real quiet now in Warner. I'm going to talk to Redcliffe. That, is Redcliffe that way? There's no one there tonight, but I'm telling you, they're going to give me more than Warner tonight. Because of disillusionment, because of cynicism. I don't know about you, but I've been in full-time ministry for 21 years, 18 years as a senior pastor. And believe me, I know what it's like to be disappointed, offended, disillusioned, and weary. And that was all just last week. <laughs> but this is what I know. It's us that stops putting out jars rather than God filling us with oil. Throughout Scripture, God has always had more than what we were willing to even receive because He's a God that overflows. Come on, it's all over Scripture. Come on, hello, are you out there? Peter ran out of net. Jesus didn't run out of fish. Hello, come on. The widow ran out of jars. God didn't run out of oil. Jesus didn't run out of bread and fish. People just ran out of appetite. Tonight, everything that you want, all the infilling you need is right here. And tonight, Emerge Church, make a decision that you are going to walk out of here oily. Come on now. I need, a, I need the musicians right back. There's an atmosphere shift right now. Make a decision that you're going to walk out of here oily. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because when you leave the premises of this property here in Warner, the communities and neighborhoods that you're going to go home to, I'm not going to give two hoots about how shiny your lamp is, how cool the vibes in your church are. When you go back to your communities and your neighborhoods and your homes, some of you come from real dysfunction in your homes. There's God needs to bring a breakthrough. I tell you what, no one's going to care about the condition of your lamp. They're just going to feel the effects of your oil in your life. So I don't know where you are tonight. In all this conversation about the Holy Spirit, you might even not even believe that the Holy Spirit's real. I want to say to you tonight, I don't want to explain the Holy Spirit to you. I want you to experience Him yourself. Just stand at your feet right across this room. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done preaching. I'm done preaching. I'm done preaching. Come on, every eye closed, every head bowed right across this room. Right across this room. Come on, right across this room. If you're here tonight and you know that your lamp is dry, some of you here, you're wondering why your gifts have been a little rusty. See, the gifts of the Holy Spirit need the Holy Spirit. Some of you are there's no judgment on you at all because I've been in seasons like this myself where I've been Trinitarian in my head, but Trinitarian in my heart. Pray to God, worship Jesus, but no room for the Holy Spirit. And I wonder why through these seasons I've been found wanting. What was most jarring for me was that a couple of years ago when I was having a conversation with a young couple. They were going through a horrible time, just, just different things pastorally was challenging for them. 
And they came to see me because I was the apostle covering. And as I sat there and listened, and as pastors, we're, this is our job, we're full-time, this is what we do. We sit with people, we listen, and we pray with them and encourage them. But as they sat in front of me, I'm embarrassed to say that I had nothing to give. I was mentally just cooked. They were going through real life situations. And all I had, I could see these words that were coming out of my mouth were well-meaning. They sounded good, well-rehearsed, well-practiced. But it was just lamp stuff. They deserved to experience the oil that I carried. And the Lord taught me a difficult lesson to learn. And yet I am so glad that I learned it is that I don't want to do another day without the oil. Because it's a gift. We don't have to earn the Holy Spirit. It's available to us. All that you need to do is want to have it.